What is up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Zeke Said So Show. This is the one and only show where we talk about all things movie news, video games, comic books, television, and all that sorts of good stuff. And we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, before I, before uh, we get into any of that, I wanted to let you guys know there's a brand new episode of Throwback Thursday. Uh, the and uh, we're review we're completing our Karate Kid series of reviews and uh, talking about the Karate Kid 2010. Um, you know, very good episode, and you guys should definitely check it out. Um, uh, next, uh, my next, ep- my my next rev- series of reviews. Um, see, so some some people were asking me, you know, Zeke, you didn't announce what your next review was gonna be, and they were absolutely right. I didn't. <laughs> um, I I did not announce what my next movie was going to be but i can uh let you guys know that my next uh movie that i'm going to review i'm going to be reviewing deadpool 1 and 2 uh deadpool 1 i'm actually reviewing because you know next week is actually a little holiday that you know everybody likes to celebrate which is uh valentine's day it's gonna be uh it's gonna be sometime next weekend and i wanted to talk about it in honor of since Deadpool is really, it's it's a love story. That's what Deadpool really is. Um, <laughs> but I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, very excited. I'm actually going to watch Deadpool uh, tonight, so it actually works out very well. I was actually going to watch it anyway tonight, so it works out very well. Uh, that way I can take notes on it uh, as I watch it. So, um, but we're going to do that. But f- before, But you know what? Let's just get right into it and let's get into the movie news. This is where we break down three movie news topics and we're going to talk about them in detail. And the first one we're going to talk about is unfortunately some sad news. Uh, I don't like, I really don't like to talk about sad things, but this person, uh, I felt like I we got to mention here on the Zig Setzel show. Um, it was announced yesterday that the great uh, Christopher Plummer had passed away at the age of of 91. Uh, Christopher Plummer was an Academy Award nominated actor, nominated for several Academy Awards, um, and, you know, has been involved in a lot of really great projects. Um, obviously, um, notable roles include The Sound of Music um, and a beautiful, and he was even in A Beautiful Mind. Um, and, you know, most recently he was in uh, Knives Out. He played uh, Harlan Thrombey in, uh, in Knives Out, which I thought he was absolutely just spectacular in that movie, and honestly, I think when I look when I look back at Christopher Plummer's career, I honestly think the first movie I think of is *Knives Out*. Um, uh, I loved him in *The Sounds of, in the Sound of Music*, and I loved him in *A Beautiful Mind*, um, and even in *The Last Station*, which he was nominated for an Academy Award for. Um, and I I keep forgetting this. I keep forgetting this uh, until I um. Until I uh, saw it on social media, but he did the voice for uh, the villain in the movie in the Pixar film Up. So that's 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 honestly nice. And in fact, I was actually just watching Up just a little bit ago, and I was watching it, and I'm I'm listening to the villain. And I'm like, I know I've heard that voice before, and then I realize, oh, it's Christopher Plummer. So, um, but uh. I just have to say, what a legacy, like, what a career 
Like this, an absolute amazing body of work that this guy has. Just so many fantastic films. Um, he's had some 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 bad ones. I'm not saying he 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 was he was in a lot of perfection based films, but you know for the most part he did a lot of really great outstanding work. Um, and he you know obviously there was that thing that happened. I'd hate to mention this name now. Nowadays, there was that ins- there was that issue that went on with uh, Kevin Spacey and him getting fired from the film. Uh, uh, I believe it was like something, uh, something money in the world or something. I can't remember what it was called, but um, basically, uh, Kevin Spacey got fired from it, and Christopher Plummer replaced him, and actually ended up getting nominated for an Academy Award. So. You know, I guess it was a I guess. I guess it must have been a better choice. <laughs> I guess it was a far better choice than going with Kevin Spacey on that one. Um, but either way, Christopher Plummer and and honestly, ninety one years old. Like I, I always look at those people who, who live up to be ninety, and I'm just like, man, those those people. What a long and amazing life they they lived. You know, and Christopher Plummer especially lived one heck of a life and had and just it leaves behind this incredible resume of films that just it's it, it it's astounding. Like I just I just look back at that body of work and I'm like, what a what a career, what an actor. Um, so, yeah, uh, rest in peace to the late great Christopher Plummer. Um, but. On more upbeat news, <laughs> we're going to talk about some uh, two more movie news topics. So let's move on to the second one. Uh, and the second movie news topic we're going to talk about is uh, about The Suicide Squad. James Gunn finally gives us more of an update on The Suicide Squad. Uh, a few day, a few weeks ago, he did talk about how he was working on the trailer and that the film was still in post-production. Well, uh, the film is just now... I think it actually, from what I'm hearing, I think the film is is finalized and complete. Um, but as as I had this uh, news, uh, as this news was given to me, uh, the film was a couple of days from completion. Now again, it might be different. Now I have to uh, go back and do my research. It might it might actually just be done. Um, the trailer will arrive before May. So, uh, and, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but he also wanted to mention that uh, Warner Brothers hardly interfered and gave very few notes. And he also mentioned that there will be surprise characters. Um, now, as far as the trailer arriving before May, a lot of people have asked me, you know, Zeke, when do you think we're going to get our first trailer for The Suicide Squad? When do you think we're going to get a first official trailer? And I've always said, you know, I'm I'm one of those guys who doesn't care when a trailer drops. The trailer can drop a day before the movie comes out, and I won't care, you know, because a trailer is just a piece of marketing that's used to get you to go buy a ticket to see a movie. You know, it's not and you're not buying you don't get the whole movie in a trailer. 
you know it's just like it's it's a commercial basically you know you, they're they're selling you on a movie so that you can go to the theater and buy it and 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 buy a ticket um and that's not to say I don't like trailers there's been I love tra- I love watching trailers and I love but I don't get mad when you know what this movie comes out in 2020 this movie comes out in 2022 where's the trailer this movie comes out in January of 2022. Where's the trailer? I don't get like that because I just feel like for me, I'm okay with just being patient and just waiting, you know? Um, But I think hearing that it's going to be before May, my speculation is that we're going to get the trailer sometime, maybe possibly in... March. I do think we're going to get it in March or April. We could get it in April or who knows? Hey, we heck, we can get it in February. <laughs> I mean, we still got a whole month of February to go. We're only on the like 6th day, you know, of February. So, you know, but um I do think we're going to get it pretty soon. Um because I think they're going to want to really promote promote this movie. Especially since it's going to be on HBO Max. They're going to want to put more attention on this movie. Um, and we're starting to see Warner Brothers really start to promote their movies now. Uh, I've been seeing tons of TV spots f- for um, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, and I've been uh, seeing tons of... Uh, really great. Uh, I've been seeing a tons of promotional work for their new uh, Tom and Jerry movie, which is supposed to come out uh, this month. Um, uh, some, some. Obviously, we got the Kong vs. Godzilla trailer just uh, last week, uh, or a weekend, or t- a couple weeks ago. So we've been getting a lot of really good trailers as of late, because most of these movies are getting put onto uh onto streaming and of course we just had the raya and the last dragon uh trailer uh also so i i i don't know i i really do think um we will i i think we're gonna we're gonna get it before obviously james gunn has said you'll the trailer will arrive before may so i would say the best spot would probably be march I don't want to say February, but I also don't want to say April. I'm just going to choose the middle ground and say uh, March. So, um, let's see. Um, I I hmm. I don't know if I want to talk about. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's really all I have for the the Suicide Squad stuff. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the third and final movie news topic, which is this. Uh, Chloe Zhao is set to write and direct a, uh, the Dracula movie for Universal Studios. Um, now, uh, for those of you who don't know who Chloe Zhao is, Chloe Zhao directed films like The Writer, but she also directed uh, Nomadland, which is getting a lot of um, Oscar buzz. And, is, and she's also directing Marvel Studios' The Eternals, which is supposed to come out uh, supposed to come out um, in November of this year, which you know, really excited for her to get her hands on a Marvel film. 
Well, now we know that she's set to direct another big studio movie. She's another kind of franchise potential movie with Dracula. Now, this film is said to be a futuristic sci-fi western version of the classic vampire tale. Um, so my, my, my guess is that it's going to take place, I, I think it's going to take place farther into the future. Um, I just don't know. I don't know. Um, but what, what do I think of this? I really love this news. I really love this news because look, Chloe Zhao is on a roll right now. She's direct. She just directed Nomad Lamb, which is getting a lot of Oscar buzz right now. Frances McDormand's getting nominated for Best Actress at the Golden uh, at the Golden Globes. Um, it's. I think. I do think Nomad Land is going to get nominated for Best Picture at this year's Academy Awards, um, even though they haven't really for sure said that there is going to be one. Uh, I do think there is going to be one, and I can't wait for it. Um, and I do think Nomadland is going to be part of the Best Picture um, contention this year. Um, and obviously, she's getting. Obviously, Kevin Feige saw something in her that said, "Oh, this is the right person to direct the Eternals." Um, and I can't wait to see what she does with the Eternals. And she just seems like such a creative director. I've I've heard I've seen her in interviews and just she seems like such the creative force. And I I'm I'm just I just like like her as a person. Um, and I really am impressed with her work. I mean, I I actually uh, got to watch um Nomadland. I got to watch it a few days ago, and it's fantastic. Like it's a fantastic movie, and it's it she it really does show that Chloe Zhao is. I, th- I think just such a fantastic director, and of course the writer is uh is fantastic, um, and and I and and I and with all of that, all of that you take all of that, and saying that she is going to be writing and directing this Dracula movie, hell yes, I'm excited for it. Um, also, I have honestly found myself getting more confident in Universal r- adapting these um, these Universal monster classics, as long as they stay along the lines of the Invisible Man. Because what the Invisible Man did very, very well is that it made it was its own thing. It didn't rely on your knowledge of the original. There were some aspects where they kind of paid homage to the original, but it never once said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna con- we're just gonna make the same movie. We're just gonna make the exact same movie as the original." No, they did it. They took it. They modernized it, and they made such a fantastic movie, a very suspenseful movie out of it. And I am sure that's what he's gonna do. That's what Lay One L is gonna do with um. With his uh, Wolfman movie that he's doing with Ryan Gosling. And I have no doubt that that's what Chloe Zhao is going to do with uh, this Dracula film. She's going to take the the iconic classic Dracula story and bring it into a new... into the, And make it a little bit more of a... And, and make it feel like its own unique thing to where it doesn't rely on your 
previous knowledge of the original. Because that's what so many remakes try to do nowadays. So many remakes are more trying to capitalize more on nostalgia because nostalgia makes the big makes the big bucks. Um, you know, like obviously Lion King made a billion dollars and that was basically a shot for shot remake of the same thing. Um, you know, I talked on Throwback Thursday about the Karate Kid, the Jane Smith Karate Kid movie. That's a beat for beat the same movie as the original, you know. And people like it. So I think I think we need to go more along the lines of remakes like 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 the Brendan Fraser Mummy movie, which it doesn't it's not a shot for shot remake of that original film. Instead what it does is that it tell it it takes that classic that classic tell that you're uh, familiar with but infuses the Indiana Jones element. Uh basically Indiana Jones meets a horror a horror film in the Indiana Jones franchise. It's basically what the mummy is. Um, or John Favreau's Jungle Book, taking that iconic Disney classic, mixing in some elements from the original uh, Rudyard Kipling novel, and infusing those together. I think that's what this. Um, I think that's what more remakes need to do. Is you know have a, have the basic understanding of what of what the of what the the the, the classic. Um, tale is but make it your own don't rely don't make it a shot for shot thing don't make it such a predictable shot for shot remake where i'm just like okay that's straight out of the original i know that i know that line i know that shot because honestly i will say watching the the karate kid 2010 that's what killed the movie for me watching it for for the review is just that yeah i'm like oh my gosh that's that's that line is pulled straight out of the original you know, we do not train to be merciful here. And and that's exactly what the, the other guy says in the remake, you know. So as long as Chloe Zhao goes more along the lines of The Mummy 1999 or John Favreau's Jungle Book and actually makes a remake that, yes, has elements of the iconic story in there while making it its own thing, Instead of doing the shot for shot remake thing, then I think we could have a pretty much a very successful movie. And I think they're already going to go down that route of making it its own thing by setting it in this futuristic uh, sci-fi world. And uh, yeah, I'm just super excited for it. I can't wait. Um, So yeah, that is my thoughts on that. So um, I do want to mention a uh, review. Um, So... Last night, I decided to sit down and finally uh, watch the um, watch. Someone asked me like a couple weeks ago, Zeke, have you watched uh, Pixar Popcorn? Now, for those of you who don't know what Pixar Popcorn is, uh, Pixar Popcorn is basically um, a series of these mini, basically they're one to two minute shorts, uh, but they're basically shorts that, um, revolve around some of your favorite Pixar worlds and characters. Like, so there's one uh, revolving around the world of uh, Coco um, called A Day in the Life. I think it's called The Life, The Day in Life of the Dead. I think it's what it's called. Um, 
Then there's one. I there's actually an episode with um the the characters from Soul, uh, called Soul of the City, um, and there's a couple of other really great ones. A couple of ones from The Incredibles that I watched, uh, specifically that were just fantastic, um, and even one for uh, Finding Nemo, which was a uh, Dory finding, um, and I I gotta say I really like I really like this stuff. I thought it was very cute. It, again, it's hard to go in-depth on it because, again, all of them are basically a minute long, which is probably my biggest disappointment with them is because I, I, I kind of expected them to be... Uh, I kind of expected them to be, like, six-minute-long shorts, but they're, like, one to three minutes long. Um, the actual... The, 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 the Dory finding... Short is actually three minutes. Um, but the two Incredibles ones are hilarious. There's one where everyone's doing chores and you just get to see the Incredibles doing their normal day things. And there's other and there's another one where the Incredibles are fighting over a cookie. Um, it's hilarious. Um, and there's a couple of other really great ones too, uh, including one called uh, To Fitness and Beyond, um, which was which was kind of funny. Um, but other than that, I, I, I honestly, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. And I really do think Pixar is going down the route of taking their big franchise stuff like Incredibles, um, Toy Story, Cars. They're taking all their franchise stuff and they're putting them all in shorts instead of giving them sequels. Because I think they want to focus their feature films on telling new and original stories. Um, we see that going to um, movies like like obviously Onward and Soul, which were two of the most original films of uh, that Pixar had done. Also with uh, uh, with Luca, which looks which sounds like it's going to be its own original thing, and Turning Red, which also um, is going to be an incredibly original um, thing. So. I think I and I and I liked it. So I'm gonna I'm overall I'm probably gonna give it I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Um because my again, my only disappointment is that they're all one minute long. I just wish some of them were a little bit longer so I can just uh have a little bit more fun with it, but uh but it's still a lot of fun to watch. Um alright guys. Uh we are gonna now take the typical Zeke said so commercial break. Uh, so sit back, uh, relax, and uh, the Zeke Setzer Show will be right back. What is up, guys? It is me, Zeke the Geek here, and I am the host of the best podcast on you on the internet called the Zeke Said So Show. If you are a fan of the Zeke Said So YouTube channel, then go to the Zeke Said So Show where we talk about movies, video games, comic books, uh, you know, anything, anything and everything. We talk, we talk about it. I'm joined by uh, some guests, including the including Robert the Ghostwriter Martinez and that one kid, or. Whoever want, whoever else wants to be on my podcast, they are welcome to join. I am joined by one guest, or sometimes it will just be me by myself. And you and you guys get to join us as I take your questions after I talk about three movie news topics. 
We're talking about all things nerd stuff, nerd related and geek related. So if you are a fan of movies, television, video games, comic books, and much, much more, go go start listening to the Zeke Said So Show on Anchor, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. That is where it can be found. Zeke Said So Show, Anchor Podcast. Go check it out. Throwback Thursday is better than ever. If you go to the podcast feed on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast. Or wherever you get your podcast, you can go support Throwback Thursday. Starting on January 9th, you will get more Throwback Thursdays, starting with my review for Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. And we're going to be reviewing all types of movies, whether they came out in in the 20s or whether they came out last year, whether they came out the year before that, whenever they came out before now, we are going to review those movies for you guys. So if you're interested, go check out the Throwback Thursday on the podcast feed, on the Zeke Said So podcast feed. Go check it out and let's go back to, well, the past. All right, guys, and we are back with the this week's episode of the Zeke Setso Show, and uh, let's go ahead and let's uh, get right into the Q and A questions. Uh, if you guys have any Q and A questions that you would like answered on the show, just send them in through Twitter or Instagram, and I will make sure to answer them right here on the show. Uh, so let's let's just go ahead and let's get right on to uh, the uh, the questions. So the first question we got here is. Do you think Ryan Johnson is truly done with Star Wars? Um I do. I I don't think I don't think Lucasfilm is going to go down the path of making a bunch of Star Wars movies every year. Um I think they're going to they're going to do I I think we're going to see them take a very long break from Star Wars. I mean, obviously we're already in the middle of that break. Um Right now, I think Rogue Squadron is the next Star Wars film, and that's not coming out till like twenty twenty three, or was it twenty twenty two? I can't remember. Either way, um, so I don't think we're gonna get. Yeah, no, I I don't think we're gonna see Ryan Johnson's trilogy because you know they got obviously. Patty Jenkins's Star Wars film. They have Taika Waititi's Star Wars film. So I don't think Ryan Johnson's going to have his own trilogy anymore. Um, plus, I think Ryan Johnson's too busy writing the sequel to Knives Out. So I think I think he's he's got his hands full. So uh, have you seen Trial of the Chicago? Wow, let me s- try this again. Have you seen Trial of the Chicago Seven? It's my favorite movie from last year. Um, I have, I still haven't seen it. I, I really want to because it's getting a lot of award contention. Maybe once the Oscar nominations come out, maybe I'll see a few more movies. Because um, usually that's when I, that's when I really start to check out a lot of movies that haven't, that I haven't seen. Uh, is once the Oscar nominations come out. Because um, I still haven't seen. Uh, a, there's a lot of movies I still haven't seen from last year. Um, that I would like to see, uh, but again, I did see uh, Nomadland, so there's that. So, uh, okay, uh, let's see. Better TV show: Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones? Oh, uh, that's easy. Ba- Breaking Bad. Um, Breaking Bad was consistent each season. There was not a single season that got worse as the show progressed. 
With Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones was great in its first seven seasons. Seasons one through seven, I thought were fantastic. Then season eight happened. And season eight was the biggest letdown, was one of the biggest letdowns of my entire life because I had started binging the show back in like 2017. Like I started with like the first season, took a long break, and then in 2018 I got right back into it and started binging it, you know, again leading up to um, season eight. And then I finally caught up with all of it. And seasons one through seven were so fantastic. And then all of a sudden with season eight, they just, they shortened it and they made it and they rushed a lot of things that happened. Um, With Breaking Bad, every character arc that they had set up from the first season paid off and they never once went back on anything. They never once made a choice where I went, that is so stupid. I could have done better. In fact, they made a couple of choices where like I I don't think I could ever rewrite that. Like like the finale. I don't think I can ever write a better finale for a TV show than Breaking Bad did. I still contend to this day. Breaking Bad and Avatar the Last Airbender have two of the greatest finales for any TV show ever. They they honestly have two of the greatest series finales of all time. So I mean, I love Breaking Bad. Um, in fact, actually, funny thing is, I was listening to the actual uh, theme song for Breaking Bad. Um, I don't know why. I just started listening to it. And it was it's it's a catchy theme song. But I will say, the theme song for Game of Thrones is is pretty. That's that, that's some good workout music, especially um, if you go online and look up a, a a heavy metal version of the Game of Thrones theme. It's such it's it's like a it's a fantastic. Fantastic workout music. Um, all right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next question. What are your thoughts on the first look of the Joker in Zack Snyder's Justice League? What look? I mean, it it literally was just a dude standing there holding a card up, and the dude's face is blurry. I didn't get a look at the Joker. I didn't get a look at the Joker. So, look, guys, I... Here's my thing with Zack Snyder's Justice League. I want to be super... I want to be a lot more excited for it than I am. I mean, I am excited for it. It's not that I don't think it's going to be good. My problem with it, though, is that I feel like we're getting too overhyped for it. I, I I don't know. I just feel like everybody... Like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm so sick of the internet going crazy every time Zack Snyder says one thing about this movie. Because I feel like Zack Snyder can literally get on, get on. I said this a couple weeks ago. Zack Snyder can literally get on Twitter and go, Ladies and gentlemen, I have taken a poop on the toilet. And everyone will go nuts and go, Oh my gosh, Zack Snyder took a poop on the toilet. You know, it, I just, I don't get it. And maybe that right there has kind of given me a little bit of a distaste for it. The fact that people are just so obsessed with every little fucking thing that Zack Snyder says on social media. I just, I I don't know. I, I don't know, and I never will know. So, but as far as the first look of the Joker, I, I don't, I don't get it at all. Um, okay. 
Uh, favorite Brendan Fraser performance. Uh, as much as I love the mummy. And obviously I will always remember him for the mummy. You know, if God forbid, if Brendan Fraser were to pass away one day, uh, I would look back at his career. And the first movie I think of is the mummy. So I love him in the mummy, but I will not say that's, that's the best performance he's given. The best performance I think he has ever given in any movie ever is his performance in um, a little movie directed by Bill Condon called Gods and Monsters with Ian McKellen. If you have not seen this movie, it's about um, filmmaker James Well. It's about his life. And Ian McKellen plays James Well and... um, Brendan Fraser plays basically his his gardener. And the performance that Brendan Fraser gives in that movie is so fantastic. It's just, it makes me go, okay, he's not just Rick O'Connell from the Mummy franchise. This dude is a legitimate, fantastic actor. And I just, I love, I, I love his performance in that movie. And of course, obviously the Mummy. I love his performance in the Mummy franchise. So there's that. All right. Thoughts on the anime series Attack on Titan? Uh, eh, eh. I'm not a huge fan of it. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I'll just say that. <laughs> I'm not gonna go in depth on it. Uh, so yeah, there's that. There's that. Uh, do you think DreamWorks is a good animation studio? I think they've made good movies as far as where like where where would I rank them as mu- as far as the greatest animation studios they're probably lower on my rankings um because they have made a lot of really bad movies I mean does anybody remember Shark Tale <laughs> like <laughs> like that's bad they that was bad um their shrek movies i mean the last two shrek movies were terrible um what was that ridiculous one they made with um with the alien and he has to like find his way back to his home planet i can't remember what the name of that was it it was my least favorite movie of that year. Is that video still up on my... I highly doubt it's still up on my YouTube channel. But I want to see if if my top five least favorite movies of 2015 is still up. Because the, there was a movie that they made that I remember... I went to see it in the theater with, with my family. And I just was i i was amazed by how bad it was i was just completely and utterly amazed by how bad you can make an animated film uh let me see trying to see nope i don't have it on here i don't have it on here that's awesome um I can't remember what the name of that movie was. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, Dream Works movie. 
What was the... Oh, that... Okay, yep, there it was. Home. Oh, that was bad. That was really bad. That movie... Again, I watched it, and I remember watching it going, it amazes me how bad animated films can be. And I just saw one, so there's that. Um, Okay, Uh, have you seen The Fanatic with John Travolta? No, but I do know a couple moments from that movie. And I have seen Chris Duckman's review for it. And I've, I've heard... Uh, the flick pick talk about it several times, and I, after hearing them, I don't know if I will ever watch it. Maybe, okay, maybe if you gave me a couple of drinks, maybe if I, maybe if I was drunk, I would probably watch it. But I don't think I will ever watch it. <laughs> I don't know if I will ever watch it. So there's that. Um, keep one franchise and lose one. Uh, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. Oh, man. I love both franchises. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. No. Why? Why would you do this to me? Why on God's good earth would you do this to me? Man. I'm going to choose to keep I'm going to keep Lord of the Rings and lose Star Wars. As far as the movies concerned, I just was more I don't know, I'm more emotionally moved by the Lord of the Rings films. Plus I grew up with those with that trilogy, you know. I I was you know, I was like I can't remember how old I was. I think I must have been like I don't know. I watched them a lot on DVD and I just I grew up with that entire with that trilogy just in my life. Um and Star Wars, I rediscovered my love for Star Wars back in like 2014. So honestly, I I don't think I have I don't know if I have this deep 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 love for Star Wars. Like I do with Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings I have always loved. Ever since I was a little kid. And to this day I still love it. And I'll, I will quote lines from that movie. Like there's one moment in especially Return of the King. That always gives me chills every time I see it. It's when Gaunt, the kingdom of Gondor lights these beacons. And Aragorn sees one of the beacon, and he runs to uh, Theoden, who's kind of like who's the king of uh, Rohan. And he's like, he's like, uh, the beacons are lit in the city. Gondor calls for aid, and I love it when <laughs> Rohan just takes a long pause, and then he goes, and Rohan will answer. I'm that moment gives me chills. I'm just like that's so awesome. That is so awesome. I love that. Um, another another really great moment that always gets me from Lord of the Rings is when 
it's it's a moment that gets everybody, but it, f- particularly for me, when Aragorn looks at the hobbits and goes, "My friends, you bow to no one," and the king of Gondor literally bows to these four hobbits, and the rest of the kingdom of Gondor just bows to the hobbits. It just it's it's such a powerful moment. And not to say that Star Wars doesn't have those. Star Wars definitely has those. Like, obviously, Empire Strikes Back, you know, no, Luke, I am your father. Or, um, uh, there's a fantastic one in Return of the Jedi where, um, where Luke and Vader have their conversation before they go see the Emperor, you know. So Star Wars has a lot of really good, powerful moments. But I think, for me, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is so packed with great emotional moments that just get a reaction out of me. So there, there's that. Um, okay, let's see here. You did a video a couple years ago comparing Thanos and the Joker from The Dark Knight. Who do you think is the better villain after sitting on it for three years? Wow, yeah, I did do that video three years ago. Is that one still on my channel? I don't even know. YouTube, see, YouTube's algorithm really screwed up my channel because they really got, like, half of my videos were just gone one day. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. Because I don't remember deleting any of my videos on my channel. But basically, it's like they, half of my videos just were gone. Um, I don't see it here. Yeah, so it's probably not, it's not here. Um, who do I think is the better villain now after, after two, after three years since, since I did that video? Wow. Um. After three, I still think Joker is the better villain. Um, not that Thanos is a bad villain at all. Thanos is a really great villain. I just think the Joker, he was so unpredictable. You did not know what he was going to do next. And that is, to me, what makes a villain so terrifying, is when you don't know what they're going to do next. Thanos, you knew what he was going to do. He was gonna he was eventually gonna get all six stones and he was going to snap his fingers. Now, look, Thanos is still a fantastic villain. I still think he's a fantastic villain because deep down inside, he believes he he's the hero of his own story. You know? And I love him, and that's why I love him as a villain. And his conviction makes a lot of sense. But I think as a villain, I think Joker to me is the scariest one because he was so unpredictable. He was so unpredictable and you just did not know what he was going to do next. And that to me makes a terrifying villain. That just in my opinion. So, uh, all right, let's move on to the next question here. Uh, next question is, will you be getting a Team Kong or Godzilla t-shirt? Also, which team are you on? Well, if you've seen my trailer reaction video, then I'm on Team Kong all the way. 
you know, like the lady said in the trailer, Kong bows to no one. Yeah, that's right. Kong bows to no one. So obviously I'm on Team Kong. Will I be getting a Team Kong or Team Godzilla t-shirt? I really want to. I know it's on. they're on Amazon right now, but I know they're probably going to sell out pretty quick. Um, but I do want one. I'm telling you right now, I want a t-shirt so badly. <laughs> I just thought uh, I would love one. Um, all right. Thoughts on the Nostalgia Critic. I like his videos. They're very entertaining. They're very entertaining. Um, I honestly think he's one of the most one of the most honest, like movie critics on YouTube. He's probably the most honest. Um, I do think I do disagree with him a lot, which is a good thing. I don't like agreeing with crit. I I really, for the most part, I I like those. I like the critics that I don't one hundred percent agree with. Um, like Chris Duckman, there's a lot of movies that he reviews that I don't agree with, uh, his opinion on most of them. Um, like that's why he's my favorite, uh, critic on YouTube because I, I, you know, I don't like being the person who agrees with everything, you know? So, um, nostalgia critic though, I just love how he basically turns his reviews into these like. He turns them into their own individual stories. This is what I love about him. I think my favorite one he did most recently was his review of um oh man, it was his review for the original animated uh Ralph ba- uh I can't remember who the director was of that, but the animated Lord of the Rings movie. And he has a lot of really good jokes in that one. If you haven't seen The Nostalgia Critic, definitely go on YouTube. Uh, look up Channel Awesome and just look – actually, just go look up Nostalgia Critic and just jump on any review. And he he's hilarious. I, I watch I, – I love watching his stuff. Um, all right. Top five favorite TV shows. Top five favorite TV shows. Ooh. Um, wow. I really wish I would have prepared for this. Um, I'm going to start with my number five, my number five, I'm going to say, uh, TV shows. Wow. Okay. Um, number five, I'm going to say, hmm. Coming in at number five, I'm going to say The Ranch. Uh, Now, if you guys don't know what The Ranch is, it's a sitcom with Ashton Kutcher and Sam Elliott. Um, And it's a great show. I love it. It's not a perfect show. There are some episodes that are better than others. But I really love that show overall. It's, I think, one of the better sitcoms I've seen in most recent years. Um, Number four, I'm going to say The Spectacular Spider-Man Animated Series. Um, honestly, the best Spider-Man series we've had, uh, and the best version of the character we've had in any art form. Number three, I'm going to say Stranger Things. Uh, honestly, a show that I had 
no confidence in going in. I thought it looked stupid. I thought it was a dumb idea. But then I watched the first season. I loved it. I watched the second season. I loved it even more. And then the third season, I thought, just blew me out of the water. Um, and I, I'm, I've, I'm now really looking forward to season four. So, um, Stranger Things is my number three. My number two, we mentioned it earlier, is Breaking Bad. Um, I did not, I had not seen that show until last year in 2020 when I was, when I had nothing else to watch. And I think it was my younger brother, I think it was my little, my younger brother who recommended it to me. And uh, he told me, okay, just watch the first season, just watch the first season and I promise you, you'll get hooked on it. And eventually, after the second season, I was in. Like, really, once season two started, I was in from from that point on. I love the first season. The first season has a lot of really great moments. But season two is where things really start to kick off. Um, so Breaking Bad is my number two. And my number one... Ooh, you know what? Hmm. Okay, at the number five spot, take out the ranch. Put it in number in the number five spot, Cobra Kai. So Cobra Kai is number five. Spectacular Spider-Man, the Spectacular Spider-Man animated series is number four. Stranger Things, number three. Breaking Bad, number two. And at number one, number one, we have um, Avatar, The Last Airbender. I almost forgot the name of the series. Um, Avatar The Last Airbender is, I think, one of the most perfect stories ever told on television. From beginning to end, this show never stopped getting better. This show constantly, every single episode got better and better and better as each season went along. Um, I thought, I think it's funny. It's engaging. The animation's beautiful. Um, the characters are some of my favorite characters in literally movies, television, video games ever. Like, literally, Aang is one of my favorite just fictional characters of all time. And Avatar The Last Airbender is just one of my favorite stories ever. I, I love that show. I think it's I, I think it's perfectly well told. And nothing to me, nothing to me at least, will ever top um, Avatar The Last Airbender. So let me run down the list one more time. At number five, I have Cobra Kai. Number four, I have the Spectacular Spider-Man anime series. Number three, I have Stranger Things. Number two, I have Breaking Bad. And number one, I have... Um, Avatar The Last Airbender. I keep, wow, I keep forgetting the name of it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, those are my top five favorite TV shows. And honestly, I might just end up doing a uh, top ten favorite TV shows of all time. I might just do that sometime. Um, all right. Who do you think is the greatest director of all time? Ooh, boy. Uh, the greatest director of all time. I think... A lot of people say that Steven Spielberg is the greatest filmmaker ever made, uh, the greatest filmmaker of all time. I don't think here's here's an here's here's an under here's an under 
Here's a bit of an underrated opinion. Um, I don't think Steven Spielberg's the greatest filmmaker of all time. I think he's one of the greatest, but to me, no filmmaker in history will ever be better than the legendary, the great, the late great Alfred Hitchcock. The master of suspense himself. Let's take a look. Let's just take a look at this man's filmography. Like, because this man had a lot of really fantastic uh, movies. He's directed so many uh, great movies. Let's just take a look at this man's incredible uh, body of work. All right. Now, uh, let's see. Let's go to his director. All right. A lot of movies here. <laughs> um, we are going to start with... Let's see. Well, let's start with uh let's start with his uh movie. There's a lot of movies here. Um Okay, let's let's start with let's start with this one. Uh Dial M for Murder. Rear Window. Fantastic. To Catch a Thief, fantastic. Trouble with Harry, fantastic. The Man Who Knew Too Much, fantastic. The Wrong Man, great. Vertigo, fantastic. North by Northwest, fantastic. Psycho, his best movie, I think. The Birds, fantastic. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, and f I, I actually really like the movie Frenzy. So this man has has such a rich legacy it is just astonishing the 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 amount of really fantastic work that this man has now look i understand steven spielberg has so many fantastic movies and he does and again he is one of the most one of the he is i think just the second greatest filmmaker of all time behind alfred hitchcock but to me Alfred Hitchcock, without a doubt, is the greatest filmmaker of all time. Now, as far as my favorite, my personal favorite, personal favorite for me uh, is Stephen Summers. <laughs> now, that might be shocking for you to hear, but it's Stephen Summers. But as far as who do I think is the greatest of all time, without question, Alfred Hitchcock. So there's that. Uh, best Pixar movie from 2015 to 2020. Uh, in my opinion, it's Inside Out. Inside Out is the best movie that Pixar had has done pretty much in a very long time. Although, I will say, Coco, it, it comes very close. And also, um, Soul. Soul also comes very close as well. Um, Alright. Do you watch any other anime besides Dragon Ball? Uh, of course I do. I mean... Uh, Cowboy Bebop, love Cowboy Bebop. My Hero Academia. In fact, I have one of the movies um, sitting on the shelf. Um, 
I watch I watched Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, Death Note, which is fantastic. Um, Studio Ghibli's anime films like Howl's Moving Castle, The Wind Rises, Spirit of the Way, My Neighbor Totoro, Princess Mononoke, um, Akira. I have Akira on my on my shelf as well. Uh, I have the steelbook for Akira on my shelf. Um, trying to think. What other animes do I watch? I just I I actually have I actually started watching Naruto. Um, trying to think, is there any other ones that I? I don't know any other animes that I watch. Oh, you know what? There's this really great anime film called Perfect Blue. If you have not seen it. It's like an Alfred Hitchcock level of suspense film. And it's a really awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, check out Perfect Blue. It's it's fantastic. Oh, and Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell is one that I've seen as well. The the, the movie. The, the animated film. Not that piece of garbage from 2017 with Scarlett Johansson. All right. Uh, who would win in a fight? James Bond or Jason Bourne? Uh, Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne would would beat James Bond in the fight. Um, although I will say, if Jason Bourne went up against John Wick, I think John Wick wins that fight easily because John Wick, you know, he once killed a man with a pencil, a fucking pencil. Um, yeah, that's. <laughs> um, but between uh, James Bond or Jason Bourne, I'm gonna go with Jason Bourne. Uh, who uh, in in the and that is who would win in a fight. Not who do I think has the better movies. Because I think Bond has the better films. Um, but Jason Bourne I think could win. Could beat James Bond in a fight. Um, are you going to watch the Super Bowl this year? Also are you a fan of sport? Are you a sports fan at all? Uh, I'll answer the sports fan one. I, I, like, I like basketball. And I like... Uh... uh fighting sports like mixed martial arts like i love the ufc i like to watch ufc uh, i like to watch <laughs> i i will watch wrestling once a year like i'll watch it during their wrestlemania season which is actually going on right now their their road to wrestlemania i'll watch that um but mostly i i i i'm more i like but my favorite sport is basketball though i do like basketball um I actually used to play basketball in, in middle school uh, with with friends of mine. Um, but am I going to watch the Super Bowl this year? No. Why? Because I have not watched the football season this year. I, I'm just not a. I'm just. I just don't care for football anymore. I stopped caring for football. Probably after. Well, really since. I think the last time I actually watched football was back in like 2018. Yeah. No, 2019. I did watch the Super Bowl. I watched the Super Bowl in 2019. So I think that's the last time I watched football. And then I like, I didn't watch last year's Super Bowl. And I'm not going to watch this year. So, meh. It's what it is. Um, all right. 
what do you think makes the Mandalorian? And this is the final question of the show. What do you think makes the Mandalorian so beloved? I think it's a couple of things. I think the first is um, obviously the fact that it's it's a show that literally anybody can watch and enjoy. You do not have to be a diehard Star Wars fan to understand what's going on in the series. Like, you can go in and, like, watch episode one of The Mandalorian of season one and know exactly what's going on. And you don't have to have seen, um, you don't have to have seen any other Star Wars material. And in season two, you definitely don't have to watch any Star Wars material because, like, season two, a lot of people think, yeah, season two has a couple of fan service moments, like, obviously, Ahsoka. But honestly, if you're if you're not a diehard Star Wars fan, if Mandalorian is the only Star Wars piece of Star Wars content you watch, then you just see Ahsoka as just a new character in the show. You you don't see her as an important fan uh, fan favorite character. You just see her as the next new character of the show. So, but I think the second reason. Is that tonally it's very different from anything else that Star Wars has done. Tonally it is completely different. This move, this show feels like a, a western. It's like, okay, the Mandalorian has one mission that he's got to go on. But he needs information from somebody. So he stops at one place, he gets information... He he, uh, he goes to someone who has the information, has to do something for that person, and then the, and then at the end of the episode, someone gives him the information and he leaves. So that's why I think Mandalorian works so well is that it's not a show that relies on your knowledge of Star Wars. It's a show that literally anybody can jump right in and enjoy, and that's what I think makes it so. So beloved, and that, that's why I think it's getting all the love at the award shows that it's getting because of that particular reason. So, um, there's that. All right, guys, that will do it for this week's episode of the Zeke Said So Show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and uh, yeah, guys, don't forget there's a brand new episode of Throwback Thursday and a brand new episode of the Web Stringers podcast on the podcast feed. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Zeke Central Show, and I will be back next week. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys later. Peace out. Music.